Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilbra, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels, or IELTS from levels four to seven, or for those students who just want to improve their general English. For transcripts of these podcasts, please go to practicingenglish.com. Hello again, and welcome back. It's Friday, so it's another session of the story by H. G. Wells, "The Man Who Could Work Miracles." And as I did last time, I will explain some of the phrases and words that I use that I think would be useful for your own B two C one IELTS band six seven English. And so that you can note them down and use them in your own English as well. So off we go. This is episode two of the man who could work miracles. Who could work miracles? Mister Fotheringay awoke at his usual hour, and was thoughtful all through breakfast time, wondering whether his overnight experience might not be a particularly vivid dream. After a short time, his mind turned again to cautious experiments. For instance, he had three eggs for breakfast. Two that his landlady had supplied. Now, landlady is somebody who runs a guest house, and so presumably Mr. Fotheringay lives in paid accommodation. And the landlady is the one who runs the house and usually makes the meals as well. Anyway, he had three eggs for breakfast. Two that his landlady had supplied, and the third was a delicious fresh goose egg. A goose is a large type of duck. It was laid, cooked, and served by his extraordinary will. He hurried off to Gomshots—that's where he works—in a state of profound but cautious excitement. All day he could do no work because of this astonishing new knowledge, but this caused him no inconvenience. Because he made up for it miraculously in the last ten minutes, so he used some sort of miracle to、uh, catch up with all the work that he hadn't done. As the day wore on, his state of mind—his state of mind—that's the way that he's thinking—passed from wonder to elation. Elation is excitement. And、uh, feeling very positive about something. However, the circumstances of his leaving the Long Dragon were still 
disagreeable to remember, and this news had reached his colleagues at work, which led to some teasing. Teasing is making fun of somebody. It was evident that he must be careful how he lifted fragile articles, but in other ways his gift promised more and more as he turned it over in his mind. To turn something over in your mind means again to、uh, consider and think about it. He intended, among other things, to increase his personal property by discreet acts of creation. He called into existence a pair of very splendid diamond studs. Now these are like cufflinks. So in the old days,、um, instead of buttons on their shirts, the shirt sleeves were held together with studs, and hastily annihilated them again as young Mister Gomshot came across to his desk. He was afraid Mister Gomshot might wonder how he had come by them. To come by something is to. Come across something to find something. He saw quite clearly the gift required caution in its use, but so far as he could judge, the difficulties to master it would require no more study than riding a bicycle. As he felt he would be unwelcome in the Long Dragon, after dinner he went into the lane behind the factory to. Rehearse a few miracles in private. There was possibly a certain need for originality in his attempts, for apart from his willpower, Mister Fotheringay was not a very exceptional man. The miracles of Moses's rod came to his mind, but the night was dark, and he thought controlling large miraculous snakes might prove difficult. As you remember, Moses's rod—that's the stick that he held—changed、uh, into a snake. Then he recalled the story of Tanduza, that he had read on the back of the theatre program. That seemed to him attractive and harmless. He stuck his walking stick into the ground by the footpath and commanded the dry wood to blossom. So to blossom. Is when a tree、uh, comes into flower. Flowers appear to blossom. The air was immediately full of the scent of roses, and by means of a match, he saw for himself that this beautiful miracle was indeed accomplished. His satisfaction was ended by advancing footsteps. Afraid of having his powers discovered. He addressed the blossoming stick quickly. Go back. What he meant was change back. Okay, so go back can be that, can't it? To go back is to change into something that it was before, and also go back can have the meaning of go backwards, in a backwards direction. So here there was a, a misunderstanding of the correct phrasal verb. Go back," he said. What he meant was change back, but of course he was confused. 
the stick went backwards at a considerable velocity, and there came a cry of anger from the approaching person. "'Who are you throwing sticks at, you fool?' cried a voice. "'That got me on the leg!' "'I'm sorry,' said Mr. Fotheringay, and he realised how problematic giving an explanation would be. He saw Winch, one of the three town policemen, advancing. "'What do you mean by it?' asked the policeman. "'Hello, it's you, is it? The man that broke the lamp at the Long Dragon?' "'I didn't mean anything by it,' said Mr. Fotheringay. "'Nothing at all. What did you do it for, then?' "'Oh, dear,' said Mr. Fotheringay. "'Do you know that stick hurt? What did you do it for, eh?' For a moment, Mr. Fotheringay could not think what he had done it for. His silence seemed to irritate Mr. Winch. "'You've been assaulting the police, young man, this time. That's what you've done.' "'Look here, Mr. Winch,' said Mr. Fotheringay, annoyed and confused. "'I'm sorry, very. The fact is... well?' He could think of no way but the truth. I was working a miracle. He tried to speak in an offhand way. So to speak in an offhand way is to be very casual, as though it's nothing of real importance. To be offhand, we say. But try as he would, he couldn't. Working a... Here, don't you talk rubbish. Working a miracle, indeed. Miracle? Well, that's very funny. Why, you're the chap that doesn't believe in miracles. The fact is, this is another of your silly conjuring tricks. That's what this is. Now, I'll tell you... But Mr. Fotheringay never heard what Mr. Winch was going to tell him. He realised he had given himself away. His irritation moved him to action. He turned on the policeman swiftly and fiercely. Swiftly means very quickly. Here, he said, I've had enough of this, I have. I'll show you a silly conjuring trick, I will. Go to Hades. Go now. He was alone. Mr. Fotheringay performed no more miracles that night nor did he trouble to see what had become of his flowering stick. He returned to the town, scared and very quiet, and went to his bedroom. Lord, he said, it's a powerful gift, an extremely powerful gift. I didn't really mean that. Not really. I, I wonder what Hades is like. You may remember Hades is the hell in Greek mythology. He sat on the bed, taking off his boots, struck by a happy thought. Struck by a thought, that means a thought came to his mind, if you're struck by a thought. He transferred the policeman to San Francisco, and without any more interference with the normal way of things, went quietly to bed. In the night he dreamt of the anger of Winch. 
The next day, Mr. Fotheringay heard two interesting items of news. Someone had planted a most beautiful climbing rose against Mr. Gomshot's private house in Lullaborough Road, and the river was to be dragged for Constable Winch. So when you drag a river, it means that you use tools to um, search the bottom of the river where all the mud is to find a dead body. Mr. Fotheringay performed no more miracles that day, except certain things for Winch and the miracle of completing his day's work with punctual perfection in spite of all the worrying thoughts that went through his mind. On Sunday evening, he went to church, and oddly enough, Mr. Maydig, who took a certain interest in occult matters, preached about things that are not lawful. So Mr. Maydig would be the vicar of the church. Mr. Fotheringay was not a regular church-goer. So a church-goer is somebody who goes to church. And in this case, Mr. Fotheringay does not go to church regularly. But now began to wonder about the subject of miracles. The subject of the sermon threw an entirely new light on these novel gifts and he suddenly decided to consult Mr. Maydig immediately after the service. As soon as this decision was taken, he found himself wondering why he had not done so before. Mr. Maydig, a slim, excitable man, with quite remarkably long wrists and neck, was content at a request for a private conversation from a young man who usually cared little for religious matters. After a few necessary delays, Mr. Maydig accompanied Mr. Fotheringay to the study in his house, which was next to the church, seated him comfortably, and standing in front of a cheerful fire, requested Mr. Fotheringay to state his business. To state your business is to say why you have come and what you want to talk about. At first, Mr. Fotheringay was a little shy and found some difficulty in opening the matter. You will scarcely believe me, Mr. Maydig, I am afraid, and the such like. He tried a question at last and asked Mr. Maydig his opinion of miracles. Mr. Maydig was still saying, well, in an extremely matter-of-fact tone. So, a matter-of-fact tone is a way of speaking that shows little emotion, especially in a situation in which you would expect somebody to express their emotions. Matter-of-fact. When Mr. Fotheringay interrupted again, you don't believe, I suppose, that some common sort of person, like myself, for instance, might have some sort of ability inside him that made him able to do things by his will? It's possible, said Mr. Maydig. Something of the sort, perhaps, is possible. 
if you would allow me, I think I might show you by a sort of experiment, said Mr. Fotheringay. Now, take that tobacco jar on the table, for instance. What I want to know is whether what I am going to do with it is a miracle or not. Just half a minute, Mr. Maydig, please. He knitted his brows. So that's what you do to your forehead when you're concentrating. You crease your forehead. He knitted his brows, pointed to the tobacco jar and said, Be a bowl of violets. The tobacco jar did as it was ordered. Mr. Maydig jumped violently at the change and stood looking from the magician to the bowl of flowers. He said nothing. Presently, presently meaning after a few moments, he ventured to lean over the table and smell the violets. They were freshly picked and very fine ones. Then he stared at Mr. Fotheringay again. How did you do that? he asked. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Episode 2 of The Man Who Could Work Miracles. I'll see you next time on Friday for Episode 3. Bye for now.